Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, tennis fans. Welcome to the Yellow Ball Network. This is where you'll find your tennis news. This is your host, Coach Denise, exploring tennis blessings and its effects on life's journey. Tennis is a wonderful sport, which could be the vehicle that takes you through life's journey. And our mentors, they just might provide that roadmap for your journey. On most Thursdays, I am blessed to be talking with mentors who have paved the pathways for many tennis players and coaches. Normally on the first Thursday of the month, which is today, it's Alan Fox. The second Thursday is Coach Chuck Greasy. And on that third, fourth, and occasional fifth Thursday, well, it could be Dr. John Murray, uh, Coach Scott Williams, Energy Coach Linda LeClaire, Dr. Bryce Young, uh, Ashley Hobson, uh, Coach Scott Inge, uh, Nick Saviano. They've all been on the broadcast, and they usually rotate in every two or three months. Uh, but uh, you you will hear people like Dr. Bryce Young and many more people on. During the last three-plus years, we've been blessed to have uh, USTA officials, PTR and USPTA executive uh, tennis directors, and uh, many more people on, college coaches, high school coaches, Um of course, the nice thing about Block Talk Radio and the Yellow Ball Network is you can listen at any time you choose to the broadcast. On Wednesday, Chuck Reese, American Tennis, and now Sunday, Coach uh, Coach's Corner, where Randy Blumenthal is on. I would like to thank the Yellow Ball CEO, J.P. Weber, for hosting our network. And if you're not following We Coach Tennis on Facebook, well, you're missing out on some useful information. Because I believe Dr. King when he said, our lives to begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter, each Thursday I will add my personal views on North American tennis, and naturally you will hear my biased views that the tennis journey should be going through our high schools and colleges. Who knows? Together we may wake up that sleeping giant called high school tennis, and uh, I normally ask each week, is high school tennis an after-school activity at your school or an after-school sport? Hopefully it's an after-school sport because we need it to keep going. We need it for uh, our colleges, and uh, we need it for our pro games. Eventually, all the other sports go through the high schools, and why not uh, tennis? Besides our weekly conversation, the almighty willing, you will also be able to continue reading my articles in Florida Tennis Magazine. And as I previously expressed, if you disagree, please email me at coachdenise.fhstca at att.net. That's Coach Denise, that's D-A-N-I-S-E dot F-H-S-T-C-A at A-T-T dot net. Who knows, you may read your views in Florida Tennis Magazine, or you may hear them on one of our 
Coach Denise Sharon Tennis Blessings broadcast. It would not be the first time that's happened. So, uh, you know, let me know uh, with your thoughts. You're going to hear my biased views, and I respect yours. Remember, if someone has taken the last issue uh, of Florida Tennis from your pro shop, you can always see the last issue of the magazine by going to www.floridatennis.com. Or in between issues, you can find much of information on uh, and Jim Marks and my articles on Facebook at uh, FL Tennis. FL Tennis. Uh, there's been a lot going on between the last issue and this issue, and uh, there's been updates and uh, pictures and everything on there. You'll see a lot of information there. I did uh, have some interest in. Uh, Remarks and questions on my commentary uh, last week, my um, November 29th commentary. Uh, and like I said, contact me and I will answer them. And uh, uh, there weren't too much disagreement with me, but there were some questions. And uh, I decided I would expand on them uh, today because uh, just to clarify, so uh, first I want to thank those of you for your questions and comments on my November 29th commentary. Uh, and when answering some of them, I realized I might expand on some of those which produced the most comments uh, this week. I have often talked about tennis being a game of time, and in my opinion, time is also, also becomes a mirror of who you become as a coach and a person. Like no successful athlete is born, no basketball, baseball, tennis, or other athletes, neither does a coach be, is born. Time and time management is part of the equation, in my opinion. Today, I once again will address time. I'm not saying that mentors or coaching preparation are not equally important, or did I mean to to mean, excuse me, or did I mean you must be a Judeo-Christian uh, belief to coach, nor did I say tennis organizations are socialist organizations. If you wish, I will attempt to clarify these topics in future commentaries. But since today's mentor is Dr. Alan Fox, and we have previously discussed issues like what, why some players are better practice players than tournament players, I think we should include time needed to fix those in our conversation. So we'll see what the good doctor has to say. As I stated last week, time is the coin of your life. It is, quote, unquote, time is the coin of your life. It is the only coin you have, and only you can determine how this, and that's by, end of quote, that's by Carl Sandburg. Maybe we can learn from the coach who built, who built Pepperdine into an NCAA national powerhouse if, Time is part of the equation of solving performance dilemmas. 
So today I will list a few examples of how time influences coaching. Number one, I will ask the question, are you managing your lessons and family life? Uh, on-court time, we all talked about, but there's what is included in on-court time? Uh, scheduling, are you scheduling right? What do you do? Where do you put that talker that when you're through with the lessons that wants to uh, extend uh, a conversation? Are you scheduling too close one lesson from another lesson? Are you giving enough time for that? Uh, how about the person that gives you a big uh, workout and uh, you're physically uh, I won't say tired, but you've been stressed a little. Are you scheduling another uh, demanding physical workout right after or are you maybe putting that talker into that spot uh, to give you some time to breathe? How are you handling B, hand, individual handouts? Do you have them ready? Uh, C, uh, research or consultant time if needed. Most of us are still continuously learning and when you're looking to get more information Maybe on a subject, maybe on the person you're working with, they're all important. How about your toolbox replacement or addition? I use toolbox because, uh, quite frankly, I come from a working uh, family, and uh, uh, the toolbox was a big part of uh, getting the job done. So I look at uh, how can I assist people, what kind of, uh, equipment can should I be using for a person that has a special need or a person that is struggling with a concept? Okay, number two, is your family still supporting your passion? Are you home at the scheduled time uh, that you said you would be? Are you are you sharing your outside activities with your family? Do you take a scheduled vacation every year? All important to keeping the family happy. And when the family's happy, I believe that you're able to do a better job. Number three, when was the last time you talked with your mentor? All of us should be looking at mentor and trying to build a mentor network. This is what we try to do on uh, this uh Broadcast every week, we're blessed to have people that have not only been uh, produced uh, books and magazine articles, have uh, great experience in coaching, but they're also willing to continue to share today, and that's important. And I might ask one last thing. When did you last review your mission statement? Doesn't need uh, revision. Are your thoughts on coaching the same as when you entered the profession? I know mine changed over the 50-some uh, years uh, that I've been coaching. Uh, maybe yours are changing, too. And most of those changes might come in the early years. Uh, I think that um, looking back, most of my changes probably came uh, – 20-some years ago, 25 years ago uh, than recently, but, uh, you know, maybe yours are not that uh, same way. But that's something, the decision you have to uh, make. Uh, hopefully, 
those of you listening weekly to our mentors agreed with those coaches that that coaches should be looking at their athletes' big picture and not on their winning now. It's not also is that not also true for a young coach? Is not time needed to develop into a good coach? Should he or she not expect to fail first? Might not take in shortcuts to win now? Have you missing out on opportunities to grow uh, better later? Well, as I stated uh, in my November 29th commentary, I did it my way, and you will need to find the best way for you to coach. As you can see, I not only – sorry about that. I'm waiting for Alan Fox to call in. Uh, I'm just looking and missing out, but let me continue. As you can see, I not only don't have all the answers for the book, but I am still asking more questions. The almighty willing prior to the next two broadcasts, I will address my comments on the value of Judeo-Christian beliefs and coaching, as well as my comments on our tennis organizations. Although those of you reading my views in past Florida Tennis Magazine's articles might understand my comparison between socialism and the potential challenges of our tennis organization. If interested in those clarifications and explanations during the next two broadcasts, I will discuss them during my commentaries prior to the discussion with our mentors. Because... uh, I I suggest you keep listening to this broadcast because the next two issues of Florida Tennessee, Florida Tennis, my articles will be about what happens to college tennis and the lack of American tennis players. Hang on a second. I think I hear my wife talking to Alan Fox. Bobby, do you have the 714 number? Okay, I can give it to you if you need it. Okay. Uh, Evidently, we have a problem. I apologize. Oh, he's he's in the doctor's office. Uh Uh-oh. Well, uh, okay. Well, uh, evidently, uh, Helen Fox has a uh, uh, problem. So uh, I apologize uh, for that. He is so reliable. Uh, we've done broadcasts when he's been in Hawaii and, uh, and not just at his uh, home, but when he's uh, been on the road. So uh, two, like I said before, I do rotate uh, a group of people uh, as rotate around, but on the first Thursday of the month, it's Alan Fox, and on the uh, second Thursday of the month, uh, Coach uh, Chuck Reese is uh, always uh, uh, on the broadcast. And this is what I mean by uh, a mentor. And mentors, I should say, don't have to be older than you. Uh, 
Matter of fact, I don't think either one of those, neither one of those gentlemen are as old as I am, but I do look at them as mentors when I first uh, got in the switch from coaching uh, basketball to coaching tennis. Uh, I looked to Chuck Reese uh, and his conditioning program at Clemson and uh, being part of the PTR speakers. When I first heard him, I said, gee, this is where I come from. The basketball uh, is about time, and I'm looking at time, tennis being about time and being in condition, so I led that way. And then as I went into more of the uh, mental skills and everything, uh, Alan Fox had some great books. And those of you that know me uh, know that uh, one of the criticisms of me over the years was I – was not a big trophy person, uh, but I am a big person, uh, book person, and uh, I did uh, give out books quite uh, often uh, to uh, many of my students, especially in high school. At the end of the year, uh, I have like Linda LeClaire's uh, uh, book, you know, both of her books I've given out. I've used Chuck Reese's, well, Chuck Reese's book has been. Uh, uh, um, the coaches that worked for me, I insisted upon uh, that their uh, book. Um, uh, I'm thinking. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of who are some of the other books, but but every year the books. I think they're just as important or more important than the trophy because you can still, if, if you are one that you're looking for a most valuable uh, player or most improved player. You can write that in the book that to the person you're giving them to, and they have that, and hopefully they're going to learn something from the uh, book. And all of the books that I gave over the years were not all tennis uh, books either. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, two years when I was running the uh, Florida Athletic Coaches Association tennis training for Florida, uh, I had an um, uh, author from um, Florida, uh, Dave Beckwith, who was still writing uh, mystery books. Uh, and um, I gave out uh, two of his books uh, uh, to everybody, all the coaches that attended. So uh, I think there's a lot that you can uh, learn, and it just helps you keep that thinking process uh, going. Uh, so I said, if you haven't read Alan Fox's books uh, or uh, uh, Chuck Reese uh, or anybody else, uh, Dr. John Murray, who is uh, not just on our broadcast, really, during the, the National Football League because he does work with them and uh, he's not uh, on uh, as frequently, but he will be on again. Uh, he's usually on at least once every other month. But uh, he will um, now be joining me and other contributors to Florida Tennis Magazine and uh, giving, uh, writing about uh, sports psychology and the effects on tennis and everything there. So we've been uh, blessed to um, have these uh, people uh, with us, and it's uh, it's been uh, especially rewarding for me. Let me uh, see, I see Alan Fox on here now. Let me make sure. 
John, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Yeah, hi, John. I apologize for being late. Uh, so you're at the doctor, nothing serious, I hope? Well, but I don't think so, but hopefully not. <laughs> anyway. Okay, well, I not hope to you, worry. you probably had something on uh, social media, and then the uh, AT&T guy just uh, left the house. Uh, a few minutes ago, we've been without uh, TV for about three days, and my uh, computer, we had everything through AT&T, and my computer uh, was down because uh, my uh, Wi-Fi and everything is set up with that and everything. So one of these days, I have to become computer literate. It'll happen uh, someday, and by that time, they'll probably change everything. Who knows? Anyway, are we on the air now, John? We are on the air. Yes, we are. And I've already gone through about a half an hour here. I gave my commentary, and I just talked about uh, time. Some people, um, you know, and what worked for me as a coach. And uh, one of the questions I asked in my commentary, I know I said we had previously uh, uh, talked about some players being a better practice player than a tournament player. And what part of time is that in the equation? You know, does it, how much, you know, how do you sit there and change that? It, well, I don't, I don't think that relates to time particularly. I mean, I mean, one of the most common problems people have that play tournaments, they tell me is they, they're fine in practice and they stiffen up in the tournament and don't play as well. Uh, uh-huh. And so it, it, it's it's a uh, pressure issue rather than a time issue. In other words, they 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 suddenly feel that that the result counts, whereas in practice the result doesn't count, uh, other than kind of pleasant to win practice matches, but it doesn't really count. So they 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 they're under more stress when they get in the tournament, and so they stiffen up. They, what 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 they try to do is control. They're trying to control the the outcome. They're trying to control the stroke too much, and and so they don't relax. In order to get proper racket velocity, you have to relax. Your arm should be somewhat flexible, uh, and if you get stiff and try to control it with your muscles, uh, you lose racket velocity and you actually lose control. Your hand. Uh, it, it loses feel when it gets stiff. You have to be somewhat relaxed with the hand too. So that's what happens to them. They start they they, they worry about winning, and and they stiffen up. And then when they stiffen up, they worry more about winning because they stiffened up and they play and they're playing poorly. And so it's hard to get out of it. Okay, once they get into it. Uh, I mean, what they, well, that they leads to, to my – go ahead. Yeah, go on, John. No, uh, go on, John. Uh, next question. Well, I was just going to say that leads to my question of time. Is that a, a permanent uh, belief, that the perception that you have, or is that – I always thought that temporary didn't have to be permanent. Part of my job is to try to help convince them of this here. And, you know, and, but I doing too much coaching. Well, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure how you exactly talk them out of it. I mean, it's, it, essentially, 
there's a few ways sort of out of it. Uh, I, I, I would say most people are better in practice they are, than they are in tournaments. That's been my experience. Uh, there are a few of these, you know, competitive geniuses that actually are better in tournaments. But most people, probably 80-plus percent, maybe more, 90 percent, are worse in tournaments, okay, because they're worried about the outcome. So what what the prescription would be would be to narrow the focus uh, onto exactly what you're doing in the next 20 seconds, you know, your game plan and how to, if it's a serve return, you have a ritual for a serve return, which includes relaxing after the last point, getting a bit of energy before the next point starts, and focusing on a few narrow keys that help you in the in the few seconds of the actual serve return itself, like short backswing, relaxed hands, watch the ball, and you don't think about whether you're going to win the point or not, or you try not to anyway. You try to, to zero your mind in on these few small keys that help the stroke itself and your breathing and, and you're a little bit excited and feeling good. And that's where the focus should be as opposed to, I need to win this point. I need to win this game. I need to win this match. You, you, go, you try to go point at a time. Uh, and and narrow focus, and of course that takes some discipline because the mind doesn't like to do that. It likes to wander around and think about outcomes and get more global, uh, and so you sort of force it to be narrow. Uh, it's kind of it's somewhat boring actually, I must say, uh, but it's 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 quite useful in a tournament. Uh, now, none of the, you know, doing all of this, it's still generally not possible to totally forget about the outcome. I mean, people want to win no matter what, you know, no matter what you say or what they do. In the back of their mind, they want to win the match. And so right. that doesn't totally go away. But you back of your mind rather than right in, in front of your view screen. You, you, you try to shove it back and you try to fill your view screen with something you know, more productive in the short run. And, and of course, the match outcome is just an accumulation of, you know, short-run points. And so you don't need to think about whether you're going to win the match or whether you're going to win the point even. You just need to think about how to get it started and how, you, and how your emotional system is functioning. Does that make sense? If I oh, put yeah, everybody it makes to sleep sense. there? Huh? No, no, no. That, it makes sense. My thinking and my question and how I relate time uh, to that, uh, I mean, I, well, let's go back to when, um, you know, you were building Pepperdine into an NCAA tennis power. You you must have had, I shouldn't say that, uh, I, I'm assuming that you had players that came in and you could sense that and see that automatically. As a freshman and as a senior, were they always that way, or was there things you could do as a coach to sit there and not have that come up as often? I know there's are we, are we just, just so I'm, I'm not quite following, John. Are we talking about about the the uh, drop off from practice to tournament? Is that what you're talking about? Right. 
In other words, I've taught, my commentary uh, t- today, which you missed, was about time, you know, t- is important as a coach, too, that it takes time to become a good coach. It takes time. And you have to, people ask me about writing the book on coaching high school tennis and everything. And I say, my position is what made me a good coach is I, I found out who I was and I did it my way. But mm-hmm. that's something that takes time. So I don't think I don't think that book is a needed book, and it's one of the reasons I never wrote it. Uh, so my question is: is if it's as a coach, how much time are you sitting there spending on lessons? How much time are you spending with your family? How much time are you spending with mentors? Uh, everybody doesn't listen to the mentors on our broadcast. And how much time does it take you to become a coach? And it, this is a problem that I think is universally recognized. Uh, like you said, 80, 90% of the players, they play better in practice than coaches than on the tournaments. Uh, is that something we just have to accept? Or as a coach, were you able to help some of those players get through that? Were they a different player as a senior than a freshman because of suggestions and everything? Thing you made? Uh, I yes, they were better as a senior, um, but not not particularly because of this issue. The, the, the biggest issue uh, I had with my players. I mean, these were all relatively high-ranked tournament players. Maybe the low-ranked guys on my team might have been forty in the country, but these are experienced tournament players. They were probably a bit better in practice, but the the main issues that caused the drop-offs with with my coaching was uh, anger issues or discouragement issues, uh, just in general. Uh, which of course they didn't get. They, they got that in practice as well. But I mean, it was controlling anger and controlling uh, you know negativity when things were going badly. Um, so that, you know, I, I, I could work on that. The, what I found that, that, that was the most useful or not the most, the, the most important thing in coaching was getting control of the player somehow, okay? In other words, no matter what I say, if I might have some good suggestions for, for helping them get past the anger or the discouragement and so forth, but first they have to listen to me. I want to do what I tell them. Uh, and and when, when young players are emotional, they don't want to listen to anybody, okay? You know, they, they, they're too emotional. And, and the coach is talking uh, logic, telling them to do things. And uh, the question is, why do they have to do it? You know, they may or they may not, especially if they get emotional. And so every, every good coach has some way to get to the player, you know, some, some way to control them. Uh, it, it, it has historically been done with, like, basketball and football and, and, and the other sports with just fear. I mean, the coach is rough, and, and the, the player is afraid of him, and so he's afraid not to do what the coach tells him. Uh, that's an effective way to do it. I mean, that, that works. Uh, and it's simple too. You don't have to be a, a sports psychologist to scare them. 
You know, you can be some big, rough, bruising football coach, and you whack him on the back of the helmet, and he's afraid of you. And so you tell him to shape up, and he shapes up. Uh, in tennis, it's usually trickier because uh, tennis is uh, uh, more of a subtle sport, and the guy's got to concentrate and, and stay in there for hours, and he has to be somewhat relaxed. So, you know, can fear work as a motivator, as a control mechanism with a tennis player? Maybe. I mean, uh, maybe that wasn't the way I did it, uh, but other coaches have, and some very effectively. Uh, I mean, my method was uh, more to uh, sometimes I would bench them uh, or I would use punishment. Uh, usually uh, they respected me as because I could actually, when I was first coaching, I could play better than most of them. Uh, I, could, I could beat them. So that got me respect right there. Uh, later on, it was more, more subtle. I mean, uh, they respected what I had to say. I knew more than they did. Uh, I, could, I knew more in their subjects. I could tutor them. Uh, so I, I, I got control in various ways, uh, mostly through respect. Uh, but but if you if you can't have if you can't do that, then there has to be other mechanisms. I mean, uh, I don't think Dick Gould, for instance, a great coach, but he he wasn't a very good player. Uh, but he's a very smart guy and a very good psychologist, really. Although he's not trained as a sports psychologist but he he knew which which player to pat on the on the on the back and and which one to kick in the butt when 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 they were acting up he knew how to handle them each one individually and that takes a you know a great amount of intelligence and skill it's tricky uh it's simpler just to have rules and be a little more uh, you know just plain strict so but but you know a coach also uh, gains control and gains respect from spending time with the players, like in the morning, uh, meeting with them and maybe hitting balls individually and privately with them, giving them a sort of a private lesson. I mean, the the coach's devotion is part of the control process. It was a a very devoted coach who spends the time and is really into the, uh, you know, helping the team, that in and of itself generates some control. In other words, the players will, will respect that and react to it positively. So uh, you were talking about time. I think spending time with, with the team and spending time with the players individually uh, gives the coach more ability to control them. That makes sense. Is that oh, is that a good a time tie-in for you? Huh? Yes, it does, and that's and that's what uh, today's commentary was a breakdown of last week when uh, and I will bring it up in a couple more commentaries later because I I I believe time is a precious thing, and like I stated, uh, Carl Sandberg's. Uh, I believe when he said, you know, time is a coin of your life. It is the only coin you have, and only you can determine 
how they spend it. And I believe that that's one of the problems of sitting there and, you know, determining what the value of the time is. And the value might not be measured this season. It might not be able to be measured for a few seasons from now. So, and it was just one of the things. So I thought I would spend more on that this week. I will spend time next week, probably the week after. Um, uh, I did have some comments about, uh, you know, because you uh, have Judeo-Christian beliefs uh, in your coaching style, you don't have to, you, to have that to coach. And I'm, I wasn't saying you have to be uh, a, a Christian or a Jewish to be a, a coach. What I'm saying is those beliefs helped me in my life because I believe if we're made by the uh, – uh, if if uh, the Almighty made us all in uh, his image, then somewhere in everybody there's some greatness. And um, I looked at part of my job was I had to find that, and that's something that I'm just not that smart that I could do that very fast, and it takes a long time uh, to do it. So that's how we got into that. I will address the those were the three biggest commentaries that I had. I, I have more comments about the 29th commentary than normally, but they were the question of time that I had, the question, do you have to be, a, you know, of the Judeo-Christian belief? I said that's what worked for me. I'm not saying that's what anybody has to say. The importance of mentors, I felt, uh, was important. And I did mention the organizations and you know, uh, the, the the challenges of organizations and any organization, as far as I'm concerned, in any sport or government and socialist views. I don't think creativity comes from uh, having that view. Uh, and there's all kinds of examples. And I will go into them. But I, I, I am a believer of uh, answering comments and I had more comments and I was just looking at the ones that were produced the most comments and they were the three basic issues and I'll address the next the other two in the next couple of weeks but I still uh, you know how do you evaluate time and uh, you know I think you can do it now from what you've done in the past what worked and what not work I have uh, uh, I think of some of the good things I did, but it also bothers me some of the people that I thought had potential, and I never brought that out. And I question myself, you know, what could I have done different? Sorry, John, I missed the last uh, thing you said. What, what was that? Well, I, I was just saying that there's a couple incidents where I look back and I question myself: Did I make things worse, or did I make things better for that? Uh, could that person have been a better player? You know, was I the problem? You know, so who knows? I, I just uh, uh, like I said in today's commentary: the reason I haven't written that book is because I still have more questions than answers. So. I was hoping you might provide some answers. Well, uh, if I didn't, I, my, you have my apologies on that one. Uh, I, I, I'm not 100% sure what the, what the issue is, to be honest. I mean, time, I, I, you know, I, I guess I, I, don't, uh, I don't really think of it in terms of, of, of how much time or whatever. 
I, I, I don't know how it correlates with the coaching, really, uh, other than spending time with the player uh, and, and, and uh, you know, doing some extra things. But, but the, the coaching, I mean, and, and the, the uh, uh, spiritual aspects, I mean, John Wooden was a, you know, very spiritual man. And and he stressed values and character, and that is very helpful to players in general. I mean, it's good for their, them in, in as a in their lives, uh, but also it actually helps them play better. When you're when you're focused, uh, the more selfish you are, uh, generally the more pressure you're under. Okay, so, uh, selfishness generally creates stress because you're trying to you know, whatever, feather your own nest, and you can never do enough of that. And so there's always, you know, some pressure trying to get more for yourself. It's better if you focus on character and the way you handle yourself and the way you treat other people, uh, you know, more than just thinking of yourself. So... You mentioned the spiritual aspect, so I just wanted to speak to that a bit. I mean, that, that's a stress reducer if you want to look at it just strictly as a performance as a coach. But it, but it's also, uh, you know, helpful just as a, in general for whatever the the youngster does or young person does on and off the tennis court. In fact, tennis is one of those sports where you can stress character and it actually uh, will carry over. A lot of the tennis players, you know, learn about that, you know, through their sport. And it's a good thing. Anyway, I, I've no, I agree. There, John. Many I'll, I'll shut up on that. Huh? No, no, please. I, I like to listen, and I think our audience likes to listen because you do tie it, tie it in much better than uh, I can tie it in. But I think the, the point I was making, and if you'd like to comment on it, is what works for John Denise might not work for somebody else. So I think we have to, and I think unfortunately we're at a point where we don't discuss things enough and we don't discuss things openly and we don't listen to each other. Uh, I think some people listen for a, a chance to get in to make their remarks. Other people listen to find uh, somebody's mistakes. But we don't listen to what they have to say. And I think you can learn. I mean, I've learned things from students of uh, mine. I think you, we can learn from everybody if we sit there and take the time to listen to them. And that's where, again, is when I'm talking about time. Uh, if you enjoy coaching, coaching became a passion with me. My family was willing to sit there and sacrifice some financial things because they knew it's what I loved. And, um, you know, so we made it. And that was something, I, in my own opinion, it might not be with everybody, but in my opinion, I owed it to my family when I said, I'm not going to do this part-time no more. I want to do it forever. But that means that it's, good, it, it's going to be less revenue each year coming in. And truthfully, to be honest, I... The reason I've done uh, coaching and business and everything was to subsidize 
uh, what I don't, normally would make him be poor. So, uh, you know, as you're, if you're coaching, I think you've got to measure your time. You've got to measure how you go on the court. You have to measure how they prepare to go on the court. I think you have to measure, you know, are you spending enough time with your family and what they do? I've seen coaches that got burned out because, you know, I forced my son for years to go on vacations and to force them to go into uh, uh, seminars and everything in tennis because he was working 50, 60 hours a week. And, of course, he was much younger than me, but I knew through life skills that eventually he would have got burnt out. So I think time is a precious commodity. The problem is if I could break in on that, you know, just uh, to sort of reconstruct it, I mean, the way I looked at it was uh, I wanted to do my job properly. I wanted I wanted to build the Pepperdine team, and I wanted to win tennis matches, and I wanted my guys to win. Now, and so uh, the more time I spent, the better my chance of, of producing, you know, the kind of team I wanted. And so, uh, hold it. And the the time issue is, is is to me it was tied in with with results. In other words, if 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 I want to do if I want to get the maximum chance of having a great team, no, I got to spend hours and hours every evening uh, recruiting, you know, making calls. In other words, uh, as a college coach, in order to to get one good player, I might have to talk to ten. Okay, multiple times, and so the the more time I spent recruiting, the better the better my teams got. You know, so I, I you know in my early years I was spending till eight nine o'clock at night every night uh, working on recruiting. Uh, that's how I looked at the, t- the the time. I didn't look at the time itself. I mean, I I I, I was looking at what I needed to do. Uh, to make my team successful, and so as the as the team got better and the reputation of Pepperdine got better, uh, I, I I could bring in good players without having to spend till nine o'clock at night every night. Uh, I, it took me less time. The other thing in terms of learning, as as a coach, it, you, you don't know much when you first start, and and. Yeah, you learn from the players. You learn, you try this and it works. You try that and it doesn't work. So you don't do that anymore. And so, you know, with, with, I, I would look at it more in terms of experience and how quickly you figure it out than strictly how much time you have been a coach. I mean, of course, the longer you coach, the more you learn. You, you learn little tricks all the time. Uh, I look at that as experience. An experienced coach is better than an inexperienced one in general. Uh, a smart one is better than a not smart one. Uh, the smart coaches learn faster, <laughs> they, and they learn more thoroughly from what they see. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I guess I just I never saw it as a time issue itself. I was going to spend as much time as I could afford to spend, and and. And, and and as the as the team needed, uh, I have to say actually, if as I as I got older, and and got 
I wasn't as good a coach in, in, in my last few years of coaching, which was one of the reasons I retired, uh, because I wasn't doing the job as well. But there I wasn't spending, uh, you know, uh, enough time working, uh, you know, on the team. I, I spent the time in practice or if the guys had a problem or this or that, but I didn't pound the phones and, and I wasn't all over it as much as I was earlier. And so that was my that was my cue that I needed to leave. I wasn't doing uh, the job as well. I guess you could correlate it with time. I think time uh, correlated with it. In other words, the hungrier I was, the more time I spent. And the less hungry I got later on, the less time I spent. And so, yeah, it does correlate with time, although time wasn't driving it. That was not my consideration. It was, you know, whatever other considerations. Well, I I appreciate your comments, and I, I think you've tied what I was trying to tie together, and that's, uh, that's important. But I think young coaches have to think about time. They, I see too many coaches get burnt out too early. Uh, I see, I look at some of the mistakes I made in uh, trying to correct too many problems with being in this organization and that organization. I think you have to, uh, you have to learn to say no, and you have to learn to consult your family. You want to help, and you want to do as much good you can, but you can't spread yourself out too thin. And of course, I relate it all to sports because, you know, the game of basketball is about time. Yes, you have to know how to shoot a basketball. You have to know how to dribble, but you better know how to break down an opponent. You better know how to take time away from the opponent. You better know how to buy time. And when I got into tennis, and I think what attracted me to tennis was, again, the individualness of it and that. The game of tennis, in my belief, is a game about time. And if you appreciate and understand time, you know, what are we doing? Why do we hit a, do take our opponent wide? Why do we hit a ball uh, deep? Uh, why do we put spin on the ball? We're either trying to take time away from our opponent, uh, buy time, uh, you know, your shot selections, or we're trying to learn you know, what is our opponent's strength and weaknesses and how can I play to that? Uh, I might recognize my opponent's weakness, but if the, it's the same weakness I have, I, I probably have a hard time trying to attack that weakness because the ball's going to probably come back to my weakness. So uh, I think we, uh, 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 well, and definitely in sports, uh, I'm just not sure – Basketball, I think, is the closest to tennis when it comes to time and how well it prepares you for life. And I think there's lessons in all sports. And any sport, it plays. A, if you're playing a sport, you're going to become better prepared for the journey through life. But I don't know if any sport is challenges you as much as tennis to do that. Well, I mean, one of the things that's challenging about tennis is a, a tennis match, you're forced to concentrate for long periods of time, and you're forced to right. control yourself when you get tired or, you know, some people can do it for hours and hours and hours, like Nadal, and other people can't, like Curios. <laughs> um, that is one of the issues of 
uh, in tennis is it, it takes a long time to to win a tough match, and so uh, it's very difficult mentally to keep yourself, you know, balanced and and focused and and emotionally uh, emotionally solid for long periods of time, especially when you get tired. Uh, anyway, John, um, I think have, have we have we covered it today? I, I, yes, we have, and I appreciate you uh, taking the time uh, to uh, sit there and talk with us because I think you tied it in the way I was not able to do it, and I appreciate that. Uh, I would like to talk to you privately after because uh, I do hope everything is uh, okay uh, physically, and uh, I hope we both have a lot more time uh, on this earth, but we got to... Uh, appreciate the time we have and I appreciate you taking the time every month to uh, uh, sit there and share your experiences with our audience I think that's important and I would again ask you just tell the people how to get a hold of you because I think a person is very foolish if they don't sit there and look is there somebody that can mentor and help them and uh, God what you've done already I'm just so thankful for would you like any last comments before we go off the air no I think uh, I mean I I could just say my email is Alan Fox Fox A-L-L-E-N F-O-X F-O-X at M-S-N dot com and uh, you can reach me by email or you can go to my website uh, where I sell my books and uh, other items, consulting, which I do, and that's alanfoxtennis.com, A-L-L-E-N-F-O-X, and tennis, you all know. So, All right, John, well, uh, thank you for inviting me, John. I I apologize for having been uh, late. Uh, I appreciate you being on. I look forward to our conversation uh, next month, Doctor. Okay, John, take care, huh? Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Well, that's what I was talking about, folks, when I say how important the many things are coaching. And uh, aging sometimes, one of the uh, value of it is that you meet a lot of great people through your life. And there's not – and they're all – the experience are going to rub on you in a positive or negative way. But there's very few people that – after they're finished with what they're doing that are still contributing and still willing to sit there and help. And this is why, um, you know, selfishly, truthfully, uh, I enjoy uh, the first Monday, uh, the first Thursday and the first uh, and the second Thursday of each uh, month is because I enjoy all the mentors we have on. If you notice, all of the people we have on, they've all written, they've all had books out. I do admit to having a bias for uh, books. Um, but they're all still given. They're willing to take the time. And uh, I didn't realize that uh, Alan Fox was in the doctor's office here. Otherwise, I would have never asked him uh, to do to do this. But uh, uh I, I pray that uh, everything is uh, is okay. Next week, uh, another legend is joining us. It's Coach Chuck Reese. Uh, 
and like I said, he was one of my influences uh, in this uh, game of tennis. Uh, he is somebody that's still given his time today. Uh, he does a weekly broadcast that you should uh, listen to on week, on Wednesdays, uh, but he's also on the second Thursday of the month. He's joining our broadcast. So tell your friends about Block Talk Radio uh, to tell them just to listen to the broadcast. They just have to, when they see that yellow ball network, they just have to press that on their, um, with their cursor and uh, they'll take it right to the radio station. The good thing about Block Talk Radio is you can uh, listen anytime you choose. The other thing I will remind you is that uh, the uh, Florida Tennis Magazine is now out. Uh, my articles in there, uh, it's a two-part article on um, high school, uh, on, uh, college uh, te- tennis. We have some great input from, well, first from, I should mention Tom Farham because he's done so much and he's written so much. Uh, about uh, college uh, tennis, and he's in the Hall of Fame for many reasons, a great coach, a a great athletic director. Uh, We have Ashley Hobson from the Inspiration Academy who was on a previous broadcast, and he has comments and opinions. Uh, And, of course, uh, Chuck Reese, who has been in the uh, coaching business for 40 years uh, at Clemson and now the Citadel um, has uh, comments in there. And um, who else? Uh, oh, we have uh, uh, Mark Dayton, uh, who uh, also makes some uh, very, very uh, uh, good comments. Uh, he has a video uh, recruiting thing for college players. He does a fantastic job. So I think um, the broadcast was outstanding. We did it for an hour and a half, but the information given, uh, we had to put it in two parts. And that's the great thing about uh, Jim March. I know special uh, times and a dummy like me can't explain it properly in one issue. He'll give me the lead way to, uh, do it in two issues. Uh, the only thing he asks is that I um, listen to the opposing view and that I share uh, those views too and that I'm able to defend my position. You really can't ask for uh, anything more than that. Uh, a great magazine, go read it, uh, not just for my articles, but for all the great contributors in there. And like I said uh, to uh, Dr. John Murray, uh, who's been um, on my broadcast for over three years, uh, he's on regularly, and he will be uh, a contributor years ago in Florida Tennis Magazine, then he gets so involved with other sports, but he's writing for the magazine again, and I think you will appreciate his articles too. Have a blessed week. Uh, Please tell your friends to join us uh, next week, and if you have any questions, you can always email me at coachdenise.fhstca at att.org. Bye now. Have a blessed week. Talk with you next week now.